0: Death by a thousand cuts continues. Judge Eileen Cannon, who's overseeing the Mar a Lago documents case, is once again allowing defense attorneys in that case to create delay and to make it so that it is unlikely that this trial is going to go when it's actually scheduled in May of 2024. When she set that date, she seemed reasonable. She wasn't putting it uh, after the election, the way uh, the way Trump had requested. But we all suspected that she was going to find reasons to to uh, rule in Trump's favor, make delays, create problems, and that is exactly what's been happening. She makes issues where there don't seem to be issues, and she's frankly showing her inexperience. She's not an experienced trial judge. She's not even an experienced judge. She hasn't been on the bench as long as most federal judges, and she clearly doesn't have the experience to handle uh, a criminal trial like this, and it shows. And so what happened this week? There was a Garcia hearing. Uh, There's actually been two Garcia hearings, and that's for two of the co-defendants, Trump's co-defendants in this case, right? Don't forget, he's charged along with his his uh, valet, Waltine Na- Nauta and uh, also uh, Carlos de Oliveira, the, um, the groundskeeper, you know, maintenance person. Um, and so he's char- they are charged together and they are both being, uh, both being represented by Trump lawyers that, and I say call them Trump lawyers because they're in the stable of lawyers who handle uh, lots and lots of people in Trump's orbit. So one is Stan Woodward and the other is John Irving. Now, now, there was a Garcia hearing uh, earlier in the week, and uh, or last week, and that was to determine whether or not John Irving could represent Carlos de Oliveira. Now, what's a Garcia hearing? A Garcia hearing is to determine, can somebody who's represented a witness in a case, uh, or a co-defendant, but in, in this case, it would be a witness, can they also represent a defendant um, and w- or would there be a conflict of interest? and and why would there be a conflict of interest? I think the simplest way to think about this issue would be if you think about, you know, there's an attorney-client privilege, right? And that's that's exactly, you know, allows you to speak freely to your lawyer because you know that he can never, she can never share what you told them unless, of course, you're committing a crime together. They call that the crime fraud exception. Uh, but if if your lawyer is, um, you're sharing with your lawyer, they can never uh Except very rare circumstances, share what you have said unless you waive that in some way, and so that's pretty sacrosanct the attorney-client privilege. Um, and And so, let's say uh, John Irving represented or or Stan Woodward represented one of the former one of the witnesses who will be testifying at trial against uh, one of against these defendants. And let's say that witness told them something in confidence that uh, you know about them that is either different from what they're admitting to on the trial uh, or is, in some ways, um, they're omitting information. Whatever it is, the lawyer can't use that information to cross-examine them. But the, that lawyer owes a duty to the defendant. He has to do the best job he can possibly do, but he can't use information that he might have that's helpful to him, right? To cross-examine that that witness, and it's so so it's because it's about that matter, right? If it's about if you represented the witness in something else that had nothing to do with this matter, I still think it's a little tricky because you have a duty of loyalty as well to your former clients and and to your clients, and and I th- I would have a hard time cross-examining a former client for sure uh, for that reason, but. Because you have to vigorously defend your the the defendant on trial who's your client. So how, how does that work logistically, right? You can't possibly vigorously defend them and not use information that you have in your head that's helpful to them. And so the hearing is to determine how does that work logistically, whether there's a conflict, make sure the defendant knows there's a conflict, and, and see if the defendant wants to waive that conflict. So, so it's standard, these hearings. Um, they have them in state court, they have them in federal court. They're called different things in different jurisdictions. In New York, they're called a Curcio hearing, but in Florida, it's called a Garcia hearing. That's based on the cases that uh, that have established this rule and this procedure and how it's going to go. Anyway, John Irving in um, Carlos de Oliveira said, okay, you know what? I, I have no problem. I won't cross-examine any witness that I have represented before. Which is actually, I think, a reasonable, um, a reasonable way of addressing the issue because it's, as I said, it doesn't make any sense logistically or, or otherwise, to cross-examine a former client about a particular. Um, a particular matter that you're on trial with
1: as you know i'm a trial lawyer and when i'm not breaking down the latest legal filings the day for you on legal af i'm jumping from courthouse to meeting to meeting and it can be exhausting and frankly dehydrating that's why i started using liquid iv liquid iv is the number one powdered hydration brand in america and is now available in a sugar-free option with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone. And you can keep your daily routine exciting with three new flavors, white peach, green grape, and lemon lime. I love how Liquid IV makes me feel. After having Liquid IV, I feel ready to take on the day at full strength. Also, the packaging is super convenient and makes it super easy to carry with me for when I need it most. My favorite flavor is the white peach. It's robust and super satisfying, but you can't go wrong with green grape and lemon lime either. Just one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. There are no artificial sweeteners and zero sugar, with a proprietary amino acid allulose blend for a sweet taste without the calories or raised blood glucose levels you get from sugar. And of course it's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy and soy. Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. They partner with leading organizations to fund and foster innovative solutions that help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world. Real people, real flavor, real hydrating. Now sugar-free. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code LEGALAF at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you use promo code LEGALAF at liquidiv.com.
0: And so he agreed, and the hearing went on fine, so he's going to continue to represent Mr. de Oliveira, but he's not going to uh, cross-examine any witnesses that he represented. Well, then they had Waltine Nauda's um, uh, Garcia hearing, and what happened there? Judge Cannon basically cut the hearing short and then adjourned it and admonished the prosecution saying that they're wasted her time because they raised issues and arguments that were not raised in her their papers now This is why I say it shows her inexperience, because anyone who has experience and has done a Garcia hearing would know all of the issues that would come up. And you're not going to list every single case you're relying on um, in in your motion you you might but you might not you might um, you might summarize them but the the legal propositions are the same right and and so in this particular hearing uh, questions came up. That weren't necessarily specifically addressed in the motion practice. However, the concept of a conflict of interest, right, and in representing uh, witnesses in this case, was what the what the motion practice was all about and was briefed. But because. Stan Woodward felt that he was caught off guard, and um, and they mentioned something they hadn't mentioned specifically in their brief, although generally they did. Um, he said, you know, he's not prepared, and Judge Cannon went along with it, and they have adjourned the case. And now that case, now that's going um Uh, The the Garcia hearing first they have to brief this new issue, and then they have to reply to this new issue, and then they will appear in court again, and you know that that's what um, and that's what Judge Eileen Cannon has just ruled that that's how this is going to happen, and um, and that you know now the the hearing is going to be October twentieth at. Two o'clock um, before her, and they will continue this hearing. And so, so what is happening here is they keep postponing things by a few days, by a week, by a couple of weeks, by a month. You know, we just also saw another another. Um, Order that came out where Judge Cannon uh, insisted that that these classified documents that are so super sensitive that they have to be brought to Florida into a skiff that they're, they that Jack Smith said they're too sensitive to travel from Washington. But now she says, I don't care. That has to come all the way to Florida. And again, showing her inexperience. But also now that's going to cause delay because Jack Smith is either going to have to uh, appeal this decision if, these, if this is so sensitive, or he's going to probably not agree not to have these documents admitted into evidence and maybe even dismiss a couple counts if they're that sensitive. So all these little rulings that don't seem like much and that seem like these technical legal issues, we are here to break them down for you and not just tell you about them, but tell you what they mean. Tell you that this all this shows is that Eileen Cannon, at best, is inexperienced, doesn't understand the issues, doesn't understand the, the law and doesn't understand uh and doesn't understand that there are things you can do that both protect the government as well as the defendant or you know and I like to give people the benefit of the doubt and say she's inexperienced but I know that many would say and I'm starting to think this is she's really doing the bidding for Donald Trump the president who appointed her and normally that shouldn't matter and most judges don't you know, don't uh, in any way let politics seep into the courtroom, but she keeps showing time and time again that she is going to uh, do Trump's bidding for him, and uh, and these little rulings, these little delays, they all add up. So, uh, so let's see. I think it's this is a death by a thousand cuts. Uh, way of her killing this case or delaying this case. But that's what she's trying to do. And that is hopefully what won't happen. But that's what's going on in Fort Pierce, Florida in United States versus Trump. I'm Karen Friedman Agnifilo with Legal AF. Join me uh, and my co-hosts, Michael Popock and Ben Mizellis, every Wednesday and Saturday on Legal AF. Thank you so much for listening.
1: Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.